Welcome everybody, Good Life Housing Partners. It is Monday, July 17th. We are here at the Good Life HQ in hot, muggy downtown Los Angeles. It's a, it's a hot day with uh, interest, well, inflation somewhat cooling, temperatures definitely rising. It's a, it's a uh, Jerome getting ready to, to take the stage again next week with some Probably another 25 basis points, hopefully, or I don't know if it's a hope, but that's probably reality. Uh, but, a lot, you know, things are starting to move around a little bit. You're starting to see a little bit of green shoots, a little bit of stock market um, jumping up a little bit here and there. You're starting to see people kind of coming out of their caves a little bit, looking for deals. Uh, Dave, where does this find you on this fine Monday? Well, hot is definitely a word. I mean, although I have to say last week I was in Las Vegas, Very and hot. that was much more hotter, <laughs> and, and I know you were in Dallas before that and so uh but last week in las vegas was very hot 110 degrees and so i've forgotten how the desert heat can be pretty pretty hot and so i'm actually pleasant pleasantly happy with the weather here even though it's a little warmer uh, normal summer for us but uh you know as you mentioned cpi um had a little bit of a break the june numbers came in and uh C, uh cpi index was only three percent so year yeah. over year three percent which is not bad it gone down uh, 0.2 percent uh, in June from the May numbers, uh, May 2023. So it it uh, showed some you know some stuff dropping, but again, unfortunately, uh, as Jerome has made it very clear and very expressly said, you know we're going to do some more rate increases. Yeah. <laughs> so he put any so there's no doubt about that. Um, while you did see uh, numbers that make up that CPI index dropping, um, you know, but some of it is not you know considered more permanent like energy prices somehow fell 17 percent but they think that's transitory and airfares um um, and hotels also fell a little bit but overall um you know car pricing has dropped from you know where it used to be but you know bigger items like rent and 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 services actually uh you know you know are what they call the more stickier parts of pricing decreases are not dropping enough so, but they've definitely dropped. They've definitely I mean, dropped. We know for sure. But still, but, but not enough for the, you know, for Jerome and, and company to say, like, we've got this inflation under control with the 2% target rate. So, um, you know, even though some positive news, you know, next week definitely will be some raising going down. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I think this, it's really like this, we've been in, and I think you're seeing more and more people lament about this now, is like, you know, we've been in this kind of two-year period where the pandemic for most rational people was sort of, you know, not under control, but there was a, you know, between vaccines and, you know, you were out of the the funk of the pandemic to some degree. You're out of the middle of it and you were seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And then, you know, the, the interest rates just stayed where they are, you know, where you could have probably at some point in 21 did some raising to kind of get people realigned to normalized rates jerome just kept on keeping them where they are calling inflation transitory and all these sort of ideas and and i think he's actually like been very good in keeping things where you know really stuck (laughs) for the last 16 17 months uh but but i think what's also happening to some degree is you're getting you're getting a point where people just are starting to care less and less not people in our industry because i feel like we're getting like the worst of it, but people are just like, you know, have sort of come to um, uh, terms with a recession or some version of it. Yeah. 
I mean, we keep going, but we keep hopping back and forth between mild recession or harsh yeah. recession, mild recession, harsh recession. Right. So, uh, you know, like you said, I think we're getting numb to it. We're just getting numb to it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great way of putting it. We're just getting numb to it. And like in some way, it's just like, it's supposed to rain. Let's just, let's just get the rain done. Let's just move on. Let's yes. get back to some nicer, sunnier days. But I think, but I think part of this, and the why I bring it up is to some degree is like, there is this other outlying idea that like, I don't know that you can really get to 2%. And you kind of might need to settle in and be comfortable with like a three for a while. But I don't know if that's also a clear enough victory because you've been telling everyone 2% is the number for so long. And that, that might just not be reality anymore because there's too many, like, it's almost, this is sort of a larger concept, but there's almost so much data and so many things being tracked. And some of it's sticky and some of it, a lot of it's not. And a lot of it just moves around a lot. Yeah. And to have the perfect, you know, confluence of just 2% yeah. everywhere across the board probably ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I, and I think if anything, I, I feel like at some point when it's gotten more down and, and there's less, some of the stickier things have gotten down, I think when we, I think there could be real potential for like some shock to the economy or something. And I think that's where yeah. Powell might let off and say, okay, we're good enough now. Like yeah. you said, he's a, he said, and he's get, but it, but it gives him a lot of margin to decide when that is, which is good because because I guess from his standpoint, it gives him flexibility. Well, I think it, it, I mean, they, like I was listening to another podcast and we're talking about inflation, and they're like, well, now people have started looking at a different path of of of, of spending because spending hasn't really gone down, right? Like other things have gone down. Gas has gone down. Rent has gone. Rent is flat. Um, people's but people's consumption is really the same and they're like why is that and i'm like well maybe people are just taking out like home equity lines of credit HELOCs, mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah and they're taking those out at like eight percent right or nine percent and maybe that's comfortable because it's only a hundred grand and a hundred grand over you know nine percent it's like well, whatever it's it's 800 bucks a month you can probably you know you, you get a hundred grand you spend 800 bucks a month to, to get the hundred maybe maybe people are doing that. i don't personally know anyone doing that but I don't, you know, I'm not tracking my, my friend's well, finances on that level. Well, to that end, I, I saw something else that's interesting. It's just like, you know, talking about people spending, you know, it was like looking at mall traffic, shopping malls. And mall traffic got off to a very shaky start this year. But right now, the when you monitor visits to shopping centers, three types, indoor malls, open-air lifestyle centers, and then the outlet malls, the year-over-year uh, amount of people going there is is now caught up a bit to, to pre-pandemic on all three yeah on all three but what's more okay. interesting is uh what they saw the dwelling uh dwelling people are dwelling or staying longer oh they're just hanging longer they're hanging longer and so and hmm. some of it is a little bit uh, and uh you know the outdoor lifestyle ones are doing the best um you know which makes sense because of you know summer weather and all that um, but but people are now starting to loosen up a little bit on what you're saying. A lot of people were during the COVID. They said hold, hanging on to their money, saving a little bit more. Yeah. And now they're now they're going to the mall, staying a little longer, dwelling longer, and so so suggest that you know people are starting what? to open their pocketbooks a little bit more. And you know retailers are all excited because you know it, it bodes well. You know because we'll see the next yeah. thing is the back to school in another month if, or two. Yeah, the back to school market will hit, and then if people start shopping they have a good season there 
then they're excited about then holiday sales come right right, That's right. the big the big thing for them the way soon as they last so so retailers are a little happier now that you know they, they said they're a little nervous at the beginning of this year now they're a little happier they're not you know enthusiastic and going crazy and having a party right. but but things are starting to look cool. It could be like you said, green shoots are starting to show up a little bit. The you know the dwelling longer statistic is yeah. The is dwelling thing is interesting. I wonder because it doesn't sound like people are actually shopping. They're just spending time more. True, but, but, but eventually but, they'll shop. But the, but but uh, and, and, then, right? and then as more and more outdoor, especially these outdoor centers, have more like food and entertainment options, there will be some spending because you I mean, you can only walk around so much and not buy a drink and. Well, <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's yeah. It's uh, malls are funny like that. I mean, I, well, I they're not it. indoor malls. I'm just saying in general. Yeah, yeah, malls in general are just funny. And I, I think the other thing that may be part of this is there may be more uh, attractions at some of these, especially outdoor and lifestyle centers, um, that get people to hang around longer. Like I don't know what they are, like splash pads or more kind of fitness type of stuff that gets people like hanging a little longer. I don't know. Yeah. But, it, and, and I don't know. Well, outlet malls had the, out of the three, the, the indoor malls, open air lifestyle centers and outlet malls. Um, they had the, most the outlet traffic? malls had the most increased year over year of dwelling, okay. of dwelling. So that means people are staying longer at the outlet malls, which would suggest they're shopping a little more because you're in an outlet mall. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it suggests but I also feel like, like opening their pocketbooks. I, I will say that no data here, but Outlet malls tend to be on the way to vacation destinations, and people sure. are vacationing more, and so they're saying, "Hey, let's stop at Cabazon, or let's stop at yeah. Camarillo, or let's stop at whatever is an assignment mm-hmm. mall near you, on the way to like the water park or the theme park or, sure. or whatever they're going to staycation for two days, or on the way back." And and I will definitely say that outlet malls, people go there to shop. Like there's like. There's no hanging out. The, the food court generally isn't that great. Like people are going there for for the bar for their deals. For the yeah. deals. Yeah. So, but that's interesting. That's a, that's a good. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think to our, to the my earlier point is like, I just don't know when it's going to be like. Yes, we've reached the summit. Yeah. We reached the pinnacle. We've yeah. got to two percent. I don't know if it's going to happen yeah. like that. That's true. That's true. And that, that's what makes it this even more. What is already a very confusing economic environment, even more confusing because there's no real. Quantify. Well, there's, there's a, a real cross. There's, there's, there's a finish line, but I don't know if it's a realistic finish line. Yeah. Like yeah. the two percent finish line is a hard finish line. I'm not sure how easy that's going to be with the amount of money in this economy. True, true. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, another thing that we've, you know, th- things we've gotten past or forgot about. Um, I know Biden declared COVID over a little while ago and upset some people, but it's never it's not, over. It's, but it now is clearly over. They said. Yeah, uh, yeah. said because the total. I guess there used to be a statistic that we used to watch, the to, this measure called the total number of Americans dying each day. Right. Which is, uh, is you know, is no longer because, regardless of cause, just the amount of people dying. Right. Just <laughs> like dead. was abnormally high during the COVID era. Right. At least thirty percent higher than it used to be. Right. And now we're back down to basically the same. So maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's not. But either way. Yeah, well, there's you know there still are some people dying with COVID every day, but it's it's clearly it's it's a sign that it's finally at least at least in New York Times' eyes that COVID is over. Yeah, I saw that, and I think that's I think it's a and I can say definitely traveling to Las Vegas and being the airports again, it was you know clearly no masking. Uh, Although I thought about again wearing my mask because of my 
uh, perpetual cough yes. that you know about. Which but, actually sounds pretty good. But, but, but yeah, but I didn't I, wear. I would actually place. give New York Times more of this is a very slow news Monday. Like <laughs> this is a very like slow news, very like low news Monday. This it was just hot everywhere, and how much can you talk about the heat and. Anyway, right. <laughs> uh, so the, back to all. Let's talk a little bit about Office. So, you know, we we've been talking about Office a little bit. McKinsey came out with a new report, famous McKinsey Consulting. Yeah, and they love me some McKinsey. So they had the. They think that by twenty thirty, they studied nine what they call superstar cities. Okay. And these are the nine cities: um, Beijing, Houston, London, New York City, Paris, Munich, San Francisco, uh, Shanghai, and Tokyo. Uh, to it, there's no Dallas. Um, but they, in their moderate scenario, so they have a, 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 a slight scenario, a moderate, and a severe. So in the moderate scenario, they think that office buildings, they could be a, they're projecting by 2030, 2030, that there will be a loss of $800 billion in value in, in office buildings. It's crazy. So is, is that worldwide or is America? Well, well those, all those cities. Those, those, oh, those, those cities, yeah. Those yeah. nine superstar cities, which, which, is, which is global. And then... NYU Columbia a year ago did a study similarly, only they focus on U.S. Mark, office market, and they think it's a $500 billion loss that, that we could see hmm. in the next few years. So, um, you know, uh, you know, people, you know and that's not even factoring in McKinsey study, they didn't even factor in the impact of interest rates. They just see where hybrid work and other, you know, just valuations have been decreasing. And so, um, just a, you know, and, the, and in the worst case, so that's a 26% decline in value, whereas in their worst severe scenario, it would be a 42% decline in value. Hmm. So if we get to the extremes with, you know, we've talked about all these office loans and other things, things went crazy, bat, bat s crazy. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, according to McKinsey, you know, there, there'd be a huge uh, loss in value to, and a lot of, a lot of uh, losses for, you know, pensions, other people who invest in what used to be um, you know, stable assets to them, the office market, but not as stable anymore. Yeah. Um, speak, and speaking of offices, another new term, we're finding all these new terms, there's zone. the new workday dead zone. Oh, the dead this zone. I have not heard. What is that? So the dead zone now, because of all this hybrid work, is 4 to 6 p.m. at most companies now. <laughs> so from 4 to 6 p.m., you can't get anything done, they said nowadays, because that's the point in time now people have because of all this hybrid work and flexible schedules people are used to, you know, people are going home to pick up the kids. It's their turn to do carpool, to drive the kids to the basketball practice or whatever. Yeah, that's probably you know, true, wrestling. for a lot of people. Or people sneak out to go to the gym. Yeah. Or people leave a little earlier now to try to beat traffic. And you also look at that time period at 4 p.m. in New York City. A lot of restaurants are packed now at 4 yeah. p.m. People are doing an early dinner. And then golf courses are packed. And, but then, That's actually true. I've seen that. But then what happens is these people, after they do whatever they're going to do from four, four to six or seven, they get they go back to do a little more work and send out a bunch of more emails later in the evening. And so Microsoft calls this uh, uh, this, this experience a triple peak. And they now somehow I don't know how they're doing this unless they're secretly monitoring but they did a study, and somehow they they look at keyboard active how active keyboards are. I don't oh, know how they're tracking keyboards. Well, no, I, no, they, no you can totally <laughs> track that on Teams. Oh, okay. Everyone's teams? on Teams, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and then the Microsoft ecosystem. Okay. I just all of that. I just just to somehow because we have Microsoft. No, no, no. no. You're big brother in that too much. No, no, no. 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 This like, is just Teams, keyboard. dude. This is this is Microsoft's Teams, okay. 
and they're just tracking. Okay, so so you okay, so using Teams then that's a yeah, good, that's that, totally that makes sense. So they're saying, the and, there, and you know what? Actually, uh, that actually makes even more sense because if you look who uses Teams, it's not companies our size. It's actually companies that are like the next, next level, level up and another next level, level up. up. They're like companies that are like twenty to a hundred or a hundred way over. Okay. Right, and that you have so many employees. And they're all, I can totally see this actually, because those those companies are much more structured in their workday than we are. Okay, so the, the triple peak, so is morning, there's a spike. Yeah. Afternoon. Yeah, after the kids go to school. Yeah, before this 4 p.m. thing. Then yes. Around, and then around 10 p.m. There's a, there's a, there's a rush there's back a, after yeah. dinner and they're like, yeah, and all trying to get emails. ahead of the day, trying yeah. to get ahead of the, the next day. Yeah, and so in their Microsoft research, I can totally see this that. pattern is here, is it, you know, question is, is it here to stay or is it just a little I aberration? Totally it's, here, it's here to stay, they're saying, like, according yeah. to Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, uh, and, it, and, you, and, and it is really rep- representative of the type of customers Microsoft has using Teams. It's totally representative. Because I, I know plenty of those people and that's exactly the way they respond to yeah. email. <laughs> Well then, and on the flip side, the people who don't like this, they're, they're the people who don't have kids or, 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 you know, they're complaining or people are spending more time in the office because they're saying it, make it, it makes the workday challenging because now your workday is longer or if you're a child it's free worker, yeah, then you, yeah, it makes their days longer and it's hard for them to plan and it's less predictable. And then it also makes getting like a quorum of people together, especially if you want to have a meeting from four to six, impossible because no, I got to go do this. Yeah, I it's, go do I mean, it's, and so, uh, you know, for some people, they're upset. The younger generation, some people who, who have the time, they're complaining that, you know, it's stretching out my work days and making life yeah. harder for me. And you're getting back. And what, what's also happening is the people that are like in a common work day in yeah. the office have like sort of turned off at like later in the day, yeah, later in the exactly. work day, like seven, eight, something like that. They're go to have dinner, maybe do a little wrestling, whatever. And there's this other component of, of people that are like, did a bunch of stuff, yeah. and then they're hustling back to the computer at like 9.30 when the kids are down yeah. to go answer the last flurry yeah, of emails. Yeah. yeah, and the one thing they said <laughs> just from a managerial standpoint, they were saying, it, you know, you just got to be a good manager. They're saying you just set the expectations with your, your, your team appropriately. If you're the supervisor, you know, let, like, let them know like, hey, just because I'm responding at 11 p.m. Yeah. No, doesn't that's mean true. you have to respond back to me right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. It's okay you respond in the morning. Yeah. Because if you don't communicate that, then... There is then you some, create this, there, this, this, this vacuum. This, yeah, and, and dissatisfaction yeah. with the younger employees thinking like, oh, I yeah. got to work a 15-hour yeah, yeah, yeah. day. Yeah, I got to get back to him. He's going to get back to my response. response. So yeah. they said to be a good boss. No, it's they true. Said to set those expectations. It's actually a really good point. So. Um, yeah, so Jason, you don't have to get right back to me when I <laughs> answer one of your emails at 11 o'clock at night, buddy. Don't worry. Um, setting so, the expectation right now. Um, so apartments? Talk a little bit about some little apartment data. Let's talk some apartmentos. Um, supply, as we mentioned, there's 520,000 units um, being absorbed still this year. Okay. Uh, there's, there's been a lot absorbed already. And as a result, you know, there's been a lot of flattening of rent growth and demand um, just because there's new supply coming in. There's definitely been a deceleration of rent growth. Uh, year over year, the numbers came in. Um, you know, uh, from used to be rent growth, national rent growth, 2.8%, now 1.1% um, uh, as of the third quarter. And then there's some, some markets that actually have negative year-over-year rent growth in the second quarter of 2023. And that included, interestingly enough, Las Vegas and Austin. Hmm. Um, Las Vegas in 2021, when you looked over rent growth year-over-year in Las Vegas, they had a 21% rent growth. 
So now they're negative 3.3, <laughs> but they were positive, 21% uh, growth from 21 versus 2020. 20. But, you know, Las Vegas is a funny one because I think the hidden story of that 21% is was, like, just surges of people from high tax state income tax states that were like just moving to Las Vegas and then quickly were like and they had money yeah. and they could totally afford the rent because it was like half of what they were paying in their high tax city they're like oh I don't care I, a three bedrooms $1,800 or $2,100 I'm paying $3,800 in Los Angeles no problem yeah. that's yeah. super easy for me I can totally do that or they're renting houses wherever they're renting yeah, yeah. and then and then what quickly happens in LA that that's the tough bar, I mean in Las Vegas, is a lot of people, I, and I count like tons of people that like it is just a hard place to live. Like yeah. it, it's very transitory, it's, it's, it's got some weirdness to it, there's this whole, you know, gambling culture, there's a, there's a you know, it, it, there's a lot going on there that, that, you know, it's cool for like a night or two. I don't know if it's cool all the time. You know, even if you don't live on the strip, there's, it's still parts of it that just, enter into the part of your, yeah. into your life to some degree unless you dig it yeah but so the but the period of like super expectation of quick red high red growth yeah in those two cities at least las vegas austin, austin is over austin used to have in 2021 17.7 percent rent growth compared to 2020 uh, that's no longer the case now those two cities are actually uh when you look year over year to 2023 to 2022 they're now negative 3.3 percent which doesn't I say is bad news. It just means it's not growing. It just yeah. to now slow down because the demand to still move to Vegas and Austin is still well. It's also, they strong. just delivered a ton of products. Yeah, and there's a ton of products. So there's the other example of the supply really hitting demand. You can see it strongly um, in terms of competitiveness, of where you know there is stronger rent growth and where there's still people wanting to move. Number one, they they studied uh, Rent Cafe did a study of 137 markets in the U.S. Florida is still the most competitive apartment market uh, Miami being number one number two was New Jersey and then the next five cit cities were all Florida cities Tampa uh, Tampa uh, Palm Beach uh, Broward County which is Fort Lauderdale number five was Orlando and uh, where a lot of people actually seem to be uh, moving now to also is Midwest is starting to uh, starting to pop up a little bit as a highly desirable place to, to be because hmm. it costs and so um, Omaha <laughs> good old uh, Warren Buffett town is, is, is attracting a lot of people and then uh, not Chicago but the Chicago suburbs you're Evanston Napiersville um, they're starting to have a lot of uh, movement there and then in on the western US uh, it's not LA or San, or San Francisco <laughs> but uh, Orange County is, is experiencing a lot, a lot of people wanting to live in Orange County I wonder of what part of Orange County that's interesting it's coming competitive, um, and then uh, it's Orange County, and then it's 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 San Diego. But San Diego just doesn't have a lot of supply to. I saw a lot of apartments when I was there last week. In San Diego, new ones, big ones. Good amount. I mean, maybe I was in the area where they're building them. Yeah, it could be it. But I saw a good amount between Orange County and, uh, and uh, San Diego. So, um, so yeah, so the market still still competitive. You're right, cities. Um, it's still some growth, but definitely, yeah. definitely not the hyper growth that we saw in the last few years. So. Well, I think there's also the toll of like, like I don't know anyone. I don't know phrases. I'm not. I don't know that many people anymore that don't have to take some level of going to the office. Yeah. Like there, you know, that's 
It may not have to go five days a week. In fact, I don't know that many people that go five days a week, yeah. but I don't know that many people that go zero. Most people are now in this yeah. like one to three category. Yeah. And really two to three for most, a lot, two to four really, I would say is where most people are landing right now. And so that pretty much cuts out a lot of places, like like unless you're a hyper, uh, you know, super commuter or something. Um, So you you really, you know, you have to kind of live close to where your job is now. And it's slowly winding itself into different cities, right? Like it's just taking the suburbs. Into the suburbs, suburbs, yeah. Yeah. So, which is interesting. Anyway, uh, t- a lot of statistics there. You want to talk about your number? You got any numbers of the week or anything? Um, or content? I did have a good number. Well, my content is I'm, I'm watching The Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, you started is, watching Yeah, so Wait, I started season watching. Season one or season two? Season two. Season oh, you two. started it's, 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 straight it's, to season two? <laughs> well, I watched season one last year, I think. Oh, okay. And then uh, season oh, I two. I you watched season one. Yeah, I watched season one. We talked about it. Okay. Somewhere in the, in the mid Somewhere in the podcast series, okay. somewhere in the seventies or something. Because um, I watched that too. I yeah, I know. What I was going to say for my content. Well, we, well you read the book, and we, I read all we, the books, yeah. we talked about how, like, you know, he's like this cool guy that rolls around in Lincoln, right? Yeah, yeah. That's his whole story. But in the in the Netflix series, he's Hispanic, yeah. <laughs> and he's not really Hispanic in the yeah. books, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So true. it's like a little Hollywood little, twist, right? Hollywood twist. Yeah, 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 he's a cool Hispanic dude. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so season two came out. I've watched uh, the first handful of episodes. There's, like, six I think I've watched through. So. But it's good. Okay. I mean, it's good. It's a good... He's always, like, you know, behind the eight ball, and they figure yeah, out a figure, way to... Figure out the angle. Figure out some angle, and they, yeah. you know... Uh, so it's good. Um, that was my content. Um, what was your content? Well, no, I was actually going to say Lincoln Lawyer, too. Oh, go ahead. Well, <laughs> the, give me your the, opinion of it. Are you, well, did no, you watch the episode? I, I only watched the first two. Okay, okay. Uh, so we're on the same but I, but I know where it's going, because... I've read yeah, 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 yeah. So, so um, I did have a. What was my other content? Because uh, I watched a bunch of things. Uh, uh, it was another. Give me a minute. I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, think about your numbers um, for a minute. What was the show I watched? There was, I mean, I, I've been watching some, there's, there's like, while oh. there's all this, go ahead. Oh, uh, not Taken, I was thinking Taken, but it was a ticket, uh, the Chris Helmsford movie, Extraction. Oh, Extraction 2. Extraction 2, two. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. see Extraction 1, I saw Extraction 2. You didn't see Extraction 1? No. Yeah. Oh, you should see so, it. I just saw it was trending as the most popular, so I said, okay, oh, yeah, let, me, yeah. let me see what's the most popular. Well, Extraction, Extraction 1, <laughs> oddly enough, so Netflix never released any, like, data on okay. their, like, what people are watching. Uh-huh. And then when they finally released it like two years ago, right when it was like right after Extraction came out, okay. and Extraction was like by far the most like downloaded, most watched oh, really? Netflix. Was season. it better than Extraction Two? I haven't seen. Uh, I have seen only a little bit of Extraction Two. Extraction Two, I thought was okay. Extraction One is pretty good. So I thought like, it was like eh, it's Extraction okay, One but... is pretty good. One thing about Extraction One that I I don't know if it's in two, is they have this extremely long car chase. Okay. But they do it. They do the filming in the car chase in such a way that for, for if you kind of, you can kind of feel like you're actually in the car by the way the camera is angled. Oh, okay. It's kind of unique, yeah. like idea. I did see a, uh, which I do want to see. Although I was, I, I thought about it because they have it in uh, Las Vegas. I thought I'm going to see a movie, at the movie theater, mm-hmm. uh, with our good friend, mm-hmm. and because uh, but I thought it didn't come out until this week. But I guess it was that last week. Was Mission Impossible. The, the oh yeah, Tom yeah, Cruise yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had seen this YouTube video of the stunt that he did, which is sort of one of the centerpiece stunts, where he's on a motorcycle and he basically 
oh, goes yeah, off yeah, a mountain. And he actually does it. And he actually does it. Then yeah, he, yeah, then yeah, he basically yeah. Like base insane, jumps actually. it. Yeah, and then he showed how they pretty came insane. up with the idea and then when they were practicing it. And then I didn't think about it because you, know, you used to see the mountain. But he's actually practicing uh, going down a, on a hill motorcycle, but he's on like a basically almost like a wrap, like yeah. a table. Yeah, only it's like, like three feet, which is not easy to stay straight no, <laughs> on a little it's on, a, on a little wrap. And so, uh, and then after that, then they did all the. They also had that they talked about the process, which like what you were just saying. Yeah. Like okay, how do we? It's great you could do the stunt, but how do we like capture it properly with the camera? So we need a camera in front of him, and they had to fly all these drones. And yeah, they, they do all. This and they did all this stuff, computer yeah. simulation about like how high he'll get, what the yeah. angle will be, so they can figure the best place to place the cameras and all this. It was very elaborate. I was like, oh my god, all that just for like this one stunt. And but he practiced a lot. He literally did. 500 parachute jumps they said <laughs> so i didn't think tom cruise is like serious about his craft yeah, and uh you know serious. like literally like maybe you know like like a like five thousand runs down that bike so he got the and it was a, not a bicycle it was actually a, a, a cross motorbike <laughs> i don't even think i could do it on a bicycle yeah so. and do it 500 times yeah. i would just like give up after yeah. a while yes yes uh it's pretty insane um any upgrades uh no, no, uh, nothing, nothing this weekend. I almost went to the spa, but oh, I didn't go. When nice. I was in Vegas, I didn't have time. I very thought nice. about it. Um, I just worked out at the hotel. So the, the the hotel I was at had actually had a, uh, a Canyon Day Spa. I thought about it for a minute. Oh, that's <laughs> a nice one. Yeah, so I was like, Canyon Day Spa, not bad. So, but I said, oh, I got a conference call to do, so oh, I decided oh. to go. Yeah, that's a nice so I, I like the Canyon Day Spa. Um, I was in San Diego. I enjoyed uh, some lovely weather down there. Not quite as hot as LA. And we had a good time. We were at the, the Fairmont. It's a massive property in the middle of Del Mar. And, uh, yeah, it was they have fun. a golf course there? Was? They have a gigantic golf course. Okay. Did you play golf? I didn't get to play. Um, I could. I thought about it a few times, but I didn't play. Um, it was good, though. Like it, you know, it's expensive. Yeah. It's, uh, but it was fun. We had a great time. It was a very seamless, easy trip. Uh, I did see, although I don't know if you consider this an upgrade in Las Vegas. I did see, I think I told you about it, the Spear. Oh, yeah. Which is actually something pretty, pretty, pretty cool yeah. to see. Which it, first it looks like the old. If you're older, you remember the old Epcot Center yeah. in Orlando, or which is big of, like the one, big Strasby, yeah, yeah, yeah. big of little round yeah, home. Yeah. But it actually there's all these LEDs and things on the outside yeah. that it basically can, you know. Well, they did that whole Welcome Summer League. Yeah, thing and they on Welcome there, right? Summer, and they yeah. do all sorts the of Welcome things Summer on League it. for the Summer League. Yeah, yeah, the Summer League, and they yeah. turned it into it looks like a giant basketball. Then it could turn into like fifty little basketballs and. You know, it's all computer controlled, and so uh, I happened to drive by it because it was right next to the hotel, and I saw it up close, and it was just amazing. Yeah. So um, definitely, uh, uh, you know, uh, wonder of the world type of thing. You know, yeah, no, see that's super else. cool. So they're gonna, it's gonna, you know what? It'll really come to light when they have the F one. Yeah. And so. people will really notice it. Then. I noticed it this summer league thing. Yeah. Speaking of the F one, that's my number for the week. Mm-hmm. I was gonna use, which was one hundred fifty-two thousand dollars, which is. No, which is, that is the price for this 20-person room at some of the MGM hotels that people are paying per night oh, yeah. to see the F1 from a certain vantage point. And that, uh, you know, they're sold out, <laughs> these rooms. Wow. And it's all over a three-day period, which That's I didn't wild. realize, I guess, the fans of F1 are extremely affluent. Because they said that they don't have enough uh, uh, air- airport space at, at the Harry Reid or the old McCarran Airport and that... They had to rent out the Henderson Airport so they could accommodate over 400 private jets. Oh wow! Just so a lot of people flying in flying just to see jets. just okay. to see the Formula One. Yeah, to see those cars go around the little yes, tracks. Yes. Not bad. 
Uh, well, very good. This was a, a good little short episode. Good to catch up. And uh, we'll keep it short. It was uh, well, not that short, I guess. Anyways, thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye.